This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. So right back at it today, the Maple Leafs facing off against the Washington Capitals, one of 10 games on the go around the NHL. We're standing by for Elliot Friedman, who is, quote, working on something right now. Whether he'll be able to share that with us when he joins me here in uh, in whatever time uh, or not, we'll, uh, we'll stand by. Uh, in the meantime, we'll get to some of the games around the NHL this evening. Josh Getzoff's going to stop by as well. Pittsburgh Penguins radio play-by-play voice. Uh, if you've ever heard Josh before, this guy is... This guy is dynamite. We'll get the time and temp on the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, their offseason, uh, what the team looks like this season, and expectations. And do age the same thing I asked about the Washington Capitals. Do aging curves exist in Pittsburgh? And if so, when does when does age and father time catch up to the Pittsburgh Penguins? Mike Rupp's going to stop by an hour or two from the NHL Network, um, a great national analyst, and we'll, we'll fly around the NHL. One of the teams that... I think I want to focus on here with Rupper. Uh, we'll see in action tonight. And that's the New Jersey Devils as they face off against the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, looks like Nico Heischer is good to go, playing with Jesper Brad and Igor Serangovich. That's a nice line. Uh, Jack Hughes playing with Andre Palatin and Dawson Mercer. I'm going to just put out this out there early um, that I apologize if I talk too much about the New Jersey Devils this year, <laughs> but I really like them. I've liked the Devils for a couple of years, and I've always felt... You know, in the last couple of seasons, last year specifically, um, that they've been undone by a couple of things. One, injuries, and two, the inability to get saves. And that was specifically the New Jersey Devils problem last season. We'll talk to Rupper about the Devils. Um, probably should talk about the Boston Bruins with him as well. If you watched the game yesterday, uh, Boston just handing it to the Washington Capitals, 5-2, the all-check line um, of Pavel Zaka, David Krejci, welcome back, and uh, David Pasternak were outstanding, or as Dale Arnold calls them on the Bruins broadcast, the checkmates. Is that going to stick? No, that's not going to stick. Matt Marchese, no, not checkmates. It's not going to work, no. Uh, the line looks like it's going to stick, though. They looked fantastic yesterday. Boston Bruins look like a different team under uh, under Jim Montgomery. And also we'll get on the Montreal Canadiens page. What a way to start your season. You know, at home, as I mentioned off the top, Montreal Canadiens here I'm talking about, at home, great ceremony, great ovation for Carey Price, uh, great game. Like whether you're a Maple Leafs fan or you're a Montreal Canadiens game fan, no matter how that game was going to turn out, and when Nylander scored, I think a lot of us thought, okay, we're headed for the overtime here. Josh Anderson, of course, had other plans. Nick Suzuki had other plans. And if you're cynical, you might say Jake Muzzin had other plans for the game last night. Either way, no matter how the one, how that one was going to end up, you're going to walk away from it saying, regardless of the score and, you know, which jersey or toque or baseball hat you are wearing, that was just a really good game. We'll talk about the Montreal Canadiens uh, and what's next for them uh, with Eric Engels from Sportsnet. That comes up here in uh, in hour two as well. Uh, a couple of other things from, from last night. One of them looked good early and then was a total drag by the end of it, and that's Patrick Laine. So Patrick Laine opens the scoring for the Columbus Blue Jackets in a goal where... He just flat out beats a goaltender clean. First of all, it's really hard to beat goalies clean. Second of all, it's really hard to beat goalies clean from distance. And if you've ever heard me on this program before, and maybe you're annoyed by me making the same point over and over again, nobody in the NHL, with all due respect to your Kucherovs and your Austin Matthews, etc., maybe Mike Hoffman, I know Elliot likes to throw him in the mix, nobody scores from distance. Like Patrick Liney. And again, just under the faceoff circle yesterday on Frederick Anderson, beats him far side. Clean. 
clean. Like he's got it past Anderson's pad before he even moves. Then he has to leave the game after getting tangled up with Brett Pesci along the boards. Oh, no update today so far from Columbus. We're waiting to see. Like to me, Patrick Laine is one of the more frustrating players in the NHL. Why? Because how does this guy not consistently score between 40 to 50 goals? Like by now, do you not think that somewhere in Patrick Laine's stat line there should be a 50, maybe even a 60? When you look at how talented and how great that shot is, I've always described it as violent. That it's not just a great shot, it's a violent shot. Like when you see Nikita Kucherov, you say, I didn't even see him roll his wrists. It was just like a smooth shot that just flew off the blade of his stick. But Patrick Laine's shot is violent. It's like an angry shot. And you, you, you hear it when it hits the crossbar or it hits the post. Anyway, Blue Jackets lose last night 4-1 to to the Carolina Hurricanes. Good news for the Hurricanes. Martin Natchez was excellent. He scored. Seth Jarvis, excellent as well. He found the back of the net. Cole Sillinger, Cole Sillinger, who would have had the goal of the night, call back offside. Ah, the scourge of the offside review. Anyway, that one ends up 4-1. to The the Bruins take care of the Capitals 5-2. to Jake DeBrusque leaves the game after the second cross-check from Eric Gustafson. Hit by Ovechkin a little bit later on. The Bruins are saying this is an upper body injury, and that's not exactly what the Boston Bruins need, considering the injury list right now, as we all know, is Brad Marchand, Matt Grizzlick, and Charlie McAvoy, who is a perennial Norris Trophy candidate. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche raised the banner last night. Congratulations to the Avs. I thought the way they handed out their rings was real nice, too. Opening the box and the call of the Colorado Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup to say nothing of <laughs> the rings just keep on getting bigger and bigger, right? Like At one point, it's going to bleed into two or three other fingers, I figure. They're like, as Matt Marchese whispers in my ear, they're like brass knuckles. That'd be it. Like if the Broad Street Bullies won a Stanley Cup, if you're a really tough team, that wins the Stanley Cup. Don't give it a ring. Give out brass knuckles. Colorado Avalanche. Alexander Georgiev did not have to work a lot last night. We didn't expect him to. They uh, beat the Chicago Blackhawks 5-2, to two, and we all know what the plan is in Chicago by now. Only had to make 15 saves. A pair of goals for Valerian Nachushkin and Aturi Lekanen. Uh, four assists for Miko Rantanen. Not exactly a, not exactly a tough one. For the abs yesterday, but a big celebration, certainly. Uh, if you're watching or flipping back and forth between the Edmonton-Vancouver game and the Kraken-Ducks game, it was interesting for a number of reasons. Uh, lead changes, uh, some young players that we're excited to see coming into the game last night. Matty Beniers did not fail to deliver one goal, one assist for Seattle. Mason McTavish, my choice for the Calder Trophy, the Rookie of the Year. Uh, Mason McTavish with a pair of assists for the Anaheim Ducks. Ryan Strom, newly acquired. Uh, three points for the Anaheim Ducks in his debut. Uh, Pavel Regenda making his NHL debut. Yes, there's another Slovak player in the NHL. The Slovaks are coming. No, the Slovaks are here. Seattle Kraken with three power play goals. And, you know, this one will, you know, raise the eyebrows and start the discussion as well. You know, Caden Gooley for the Montreal Canadiens, and I know it's a different position, but Caden Gooley plays over 22 minutes in his debut last night. Shane Wright. For the Seattle Kraken yesterday, six minutes and 14 seconds. Now, Slavkowski didn't exactly rack up the big minute totals either, but nonetheless, that one did stick out. 
very protected, very sheltered, which is the right thing to do uh, if you're the head coach, Dave Haxtell. Uh, Elliot Friedman joining me now from Hockey Night in Canada and 32 Thoughts. Hello, Freach. Sorry about that, Jeff. I'm just chasing something, so I... Uh... I uh, don't have anything yet. But I'm, I was going to say, like, no, just, no, it took me a few extra minutes. No one's listening right now, so just tell us what it is. <laughs> uh, I, I don't want to be wrong. I don't have it yet. Uh, what? Uh, let's begin with the late game. And let's begin with uh, your conversation with Leon Dreisaitl, um when we were in Paris. Uh, first of all, um, I don't remember your tan being that deep. It looked like you were you know, you, you out hanging out with George Hamilton. Um, but second of all, I, I did have people saying to me, was that a spray tan? <laughs> uh, That's the first thing uh, I noticed. Like a... I was with you in Paris. I don't remember you having a tan like that. Uh, I, I don't like, I, I always say to people, like people ask me, like I've had people before, like, do you dye your hair? Is mm-hmm. that a spray tan? Like, I just want to tell, make one thing very clear. I am married and therefore, I no longer have to care about my appearance. Oh. So I do not artificially. <laughs> I'm sure, Steph enhance. loves that. I'm sure Steph yeah, loves that yeah. one. My husband just she, let himself go. It doesn't. It barely drags she, a she, squirrel through his she, hair. She's not within uh, earshot. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so no spray tan. Like that's that's a tan. I, I I would not spray tan. I'm not that vain. I would not do that. Would you do Botox? No, never. No, that's not for me. All right. It's not for me. All right. So to the... To However the... I rot, I rot. That's the way <laughs> I look at it. No, you look at... I'm gra- I am aging gracefully. I will age gracefully in front of everybody. Um, so in the interview with Leon, he talks about Connor McDavid and, you know, the honesty about, hey, you know, can you, can, you know, this guy can score 60 goals. And Connor McDavid goes right out and proves Leon Dreisaitl's point. What did you make of that game specifically last night? Vancouver gets out to the 3 nothing lead. Edmonton, led by both McDavid and Dreisaitl, because he was excellent. Again, wash, rinse, repeat. Uh, come back and score five unanswered goals. They win their opener. Well, it just shows how quickly they can turn a game around, right? Yep. Like, I thought for the first 30 minutes of that game, I thought Vancouver was fantastic. They they jumped on them. They got the early lead. And, like, there was a time there, and I was looking at the numbers, and I don't remember what they were, but Edmonton at five-on-five five was doing absolutely nothing. Like, Vancouver had just turn them to a standstill and then they get two power plays and they were on those two power plays for what a combined was it 24 seconds yeah and they had two goals and you look i think the vancouver fans are right that um they they missed a penalty call on hughes there's there's no question about it the cane, that was the a cane big stick mi- the this the, yes. the yeah to the face yeah they, they missed the call like they they did there's there's no question about it but the fact is that there were still what, 35 minutes left to play when that oh, yeah. happened? Oh, yeah. Like, you, 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 I mean, you have to stabilize yourself. But it, it's just a reminder that this is a 30% power play. And if you give them opportunities, those guys are going to ignite themselves and come back in. And the, and the momentum swung. And, uh, you know, I give a lot of credit to Jack Campbell. That game could have blown up. He kept it under control. He made some big saves. Um, but it's just a reminder. Like, you can have Edmonton down. But if you give them power play opportunities, they're going to be back in the game. And, uh, you know, I, I want to give McDavid some credit. It, it, there was an interview after the game. I don't know how many people saw it. Um, but he talked about the hat trick for Ben. Um, they're a great young fan who passed away in the summer. And uh, 
I just thought it was a tremendous thing that McDavid mentioned that. Let, let me let me pause on that because I thought you know we make a lot of about what what Montreal did yesterday and the scenes with Carey Price were wonderful and we'll get to that in a couple of seconds. But good on the Oilers because that tribute to Ben Stetler was fantastic to kick off the uh, the night last night. Yeah, it was. You know, it was. Someone said to me, "You watch the Oilers will do a moment of silence for him," and and they were right. And uh, you know, McDavid mentioning it at the end of the game. You know, came with a tremendously unselfish play. Whenever I see that happen, I, I remember Scotty Bowman. I was once in a scrum with him, and, and and he talked about how much he hated when players do that. He says he hates when players pass on an empty net because something can go wrong. Like, just shoot it. So I always get a good laugh out of that, but it was an unselfish play by Keane, and I agree with you. A great touch from the Oilers to include that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that was a great game last night. I mean, uh, it was fun hockey to watch between – uh, the Oilers and the Canucks. And, and like I said, I know the Canucks and their fans were annoyed yeah. about that missed call, but there was a lot of hockey to be played, and you got to sort of yourself out. You know, if you're the Vancouver Canucks, you're, you're watching this thing early, and it's, you jump out to the 3 nothing lead, and you're pretty happy about that, uh, despite the fact that you end up losing 5-3. I thought Elias Pettersson had a great jump to start the game. Like, I look at yeah. that game, and I'm like, you know what? Pettersson looks good. Elias Pettersson looks he did look real good. good. And, and it's not the 1980s anymore, Jeff, so... Like, on the first goal, he got belted, and he knew he was going to get hit. Yeah. Like, in the 80s, you're probably in the third row on that play. So, it's it's different now. Mm-hmm. But he stood there, and he took the hit, and he scored. And uh, I, I thought that was a really good sign for him. Um, you know, I, like, what are you going to – like I said, what do you, you can't hand those guys opportunities. I thought Nurse made a, made a big mistake at the end of the first period. He made up for it. He scored. Um it's good. It was it's a good, good game. It was a really good game. You know, there were a couple of, you know, we always focus in the first few games on the kids and what they're doing and the growth, you know, the growing pains as they transition into the NHL. And I was talking about before he came out about Shane Wright and only six minutes and 14 seconds. And there were a couple of kids last night, and we'll use this to transition to the early game. You know, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned uh, Elias Pettersson and scoring and taking the hit, and there was a pretty big gaffe. Uh, by Dylan Holloway, <laughs> that uh, that that led us uh, that led us to a goal, and then your guy Arbor Jack guy, and I love like I'm yeah. with you, I love this guy. Uh, the play that led to the uh, the Alex Kerfoot penalty shot, and you just see him on the bench and being consoled by Weidman, saying, "Hey, don't worry, he missed. You gotta you gotta park it now." I just love watching growing pains of kids as they transition into the NHL and realize, wow, I can't make a pass like that anymore or I can't play like that in the NHL because bad things are going to happen quickly. I I have to say, Jeff, that's so you. Like, we all want to watch people succeed. And nope. you're like, oh, I want to watch growing pains. Yeah, I, 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 I want to see pain. Like, you learn from that. Like, no, no, no. I love that because, like, honestly, like, Seriously, it's 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 too easy to to get. Like, listen, this is how you did your picks, right? Like, oh, it's too easy to pick Colorado for the Stanley Cup. I'm going to handicap myself. I'm going to try to find something more interesting. I look for those learning moments for all these kids. Like Dylan Holloway, what's Dylan Holloway thinking when he goes back to the bench? What's Arbor yeah, Jack I, thinking of when he's sitting there on the bench? Like, you can just see yeah. it's like, okay, I've just learned something. I love that about yeah. the game early. Jeff Merrick, lover of pain. Anyway, you know, you know who didn't get, you know which of the kids didn't get. Like we we focus on, like I saw a lot of talk about Shane Wright's ice time last night. Yeah. You, you know what I thought really stood out to me is who led Montreal in ice time? Caden Gooley. Yeah. Like twenty almost twenty-three minutes last night for Caden Gooley. He didn't like, you know, he didn't uh 
and, and sometimes we miss that stuff. We, we look for the negative and, and we miss the positive. Uh, like Gooley, 23 minutes. That's, that's pretty impressive. I thought he was, I thought he was pretty good. I, I, I like him as a player. I, I, I do love Jack. I've been, we've been waxing poetic about him for a couple of weeks now, but yeah. boy, to me last night, Goulet looked like the real deal. Uh, if you're a Montreal Canadiens fan, you should probably get used to the battery of Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. And last night they looked fantastic. Uh, that's going to be something that the Habs dine out on all season long. And you know, on that, yep. the second two on one, uh, the Caulfield goal, First of all, the shot's great. It's perfect. It's Cole Caulfield mm-hmm. after all. But how about that pass from Nick Suzuki in stride, sauce pass on the stick in perfect shooting position? That is a, like, when you look at elite plays that NHLers look at and go, ooh, that was really nice, that was one of them, Frege. Yeah, he, he's a heck of a player, a great passer. I, I think what whoever plays Montreal from now on, they're going to be showing those plays and saying, look, if, if you're sloppy, they're going to convert. Um you know, I, I, I think, you know, I wanted to talk, and we talked this morning, I want to talk a little bit about Keith's reaction. Yep. Um, you know, Toronto handed them three goals. And, you know, I'm not the kind of person who likes to overreact to game one um, because there's a long way to go. Like I told you the other day, like Tampa could start 0-10, and I wouldn't worry about them. But I, w- I was really interested. Sometimes it's not only what you say but it's how you say it. And if you watch that, the Keefe comments, you know, the look on his face, uh, the, the, the way he was getting his message across, like this is like, like as far as he's concerned, there is no room to tiptoe into the season for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like that is a coach who was really annoyed at how his team played last night because they gifted Montreal three goals. Yeah. And sometimes you shake it off and, and you say, Ah, it's opening night. We got 81 more to fix these things. That is not the mentality that Toronto Maple Leafs coach has right now. And so, uh, you know, they, they come back tonight. They're going to face another wounded animal. You know, the Capitals got embarrassed a bit in their home opener. Um, it, it's going to be a big night for Samsonov. I assume he's going to play um, against his former team. I, I'm, I'm really, I'm curious, like, I don't think it's like a crisis or anything like that, but immediately <laughs> game two, Toronto, Washington is very interesting to me. And I wonder if he makes any changes. Like, does he, does he do anything different? I mean, the, the, the thing that I, the thing that I, I look at is like a lot of those, like three of those goals were preventable mm-hmm. and they got murdered in transition. Like, at, like they could not catch up to Montreal in transition. And I, I could see a coach being, concerned about those kinds of things you know you mentioned the caps and they uh, they lose a tough one last night to the uh, to the boston bruins that uh, as dale arnold calls it checkmate line um that's good um, zach, yeah zacco with Krejci and david pasternak i know you're working the early game so you probably you don't even have you know maybe not even one eyeball on the uh, the the the, the, the boston so half an eyeball did boston because to me this this looks like a much different team under jim montgomery a new coach is going to look different like dallas is going to look different now with you know peter DeBoer instead of uh, and, uh, instead of Rick Bonus, but like, it almost looked really profound. Like this was—I don't want to say they were loose, but they were playing like a, a, a more up-tempo, you know, dare I say, fun? Are we allowed to have fun? Are players allowed to have fun in the NHL? Like a more fun style for a player. Like it was go, 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 go. This wasn't you know safe, conservative. Make sure you have your man at all times. Hockey. This was, this was a different version of the Boston Bruins. 
Yes, it was. And, you know, we still won't see – like, we're not going to see the true Bruins for a while now. Like, they still mm-hmm. don't have two of their cornerstones for a bit, yeah. Marchand and, and McAvoy. So we, we still don't really know what we've got here. But, look, like, it's pretty clear, Jeff. You heard all the comments. The relationship between coach and player, it, it, it went south in Boston. Yeah. You know, I always think of Larry Bird. Larry Bird, the Pacers loved him as a coach. He said, nope, three years, because after three years, the message is lost. And they wanted him to stay, and he's like, no, I'm, I'm done. And so it happens, and it clearly happened in Boston. And, you know, like this is a, this is a huge chance for Montgomery. There was a time where none of us thought he'd be coaching in the NHL again. Yeah. So I think it's not only a fresh relationship for the player, but it's an opportunity for Montgomery as a coach. And it's very clear to me that there's uh, a relationship here based on last night where everybody here is trying to make it work and trying to find a way that everybody's happy. You know, there's some really interesting games tonight. And we'll see the Ottawa Senators, and we've talked plenty about them, face off against the Boston Bruins. Zubazin, Zaitsev will, will be the scratch there, it looks like. Um, we mentioned Washington and Toronto, two teams that lost last night. We'll, we'll see, and you mentioned uh, it's going to be a big one for the goaltender. I'm really interested in Colorado and Calgary. Yeah, me too. Two of the top teams uh, in the NHL. Because, I mean, just to be just point blank, I mean, one of the questions we've been asking now since the big trade is, are the Calgary Flames better? We know they're different. Uh, we know they're still an elite squad. Um, Colorado is a really fast team. Calgary cannot come close to matching that speed. But this is a team that moves the puck well. This is a team that thinks well. Um, I'm I'm really curious about this one, Elliot. I know Colorado played last night. Not that they really yeah. needed to, to break a sweat to beat Chicago. But I'm curious about this one tonight. Well, just like Edmonton, Colorado showed last night. What did they score four times on the power play? Four power play so goals. So you've got to be very difficult, uh, very disciplined against them. And, you know, Calgary's a team that likes to play hard, so you got to be smart. Um, like, like, like this one, like, I'm really curious to see this. I'm glad. I think we turned this, like, into a regional national game, so yeah. it's, it's available across the country. I think this is a great game. Uh, I'm with you. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, you know, I, I think, like, that's a tough trip. Colorado to Calgary back-to-back, that's, that's not easy. And... Uh, I'm I'm curious to see if there will be an emotional letdown from the Avalanche at all. Um, I have a feeling maybe the presence of Kadri against the guys he won with. Like I, I wonder if, for example, I wonder if the Avalanche are bringing his Stanley Cup ring with them. And so, like I think there's a lot tonight about this that I'm really looking forward to for all the reasons you mentioned. Yeah. But the key thing is. This is an in-season Stanley Cup matchup, <laughs> and I have the Flames. I picked the Flames yes, specifically thought... because I like the schedule set up for this. Aaron Ambrose. So I am declaring my biases. Yeah. Okay. I am openly rooting for the Flames tonight. The, the first rule of sports journalism, don't cheer for teams, Elliot. There's no cheering in the press box, but Elliot Friedman breaking the code, cheering for the Flames selfishly so we can win this pool. Aaron Ambrose. Uh, from the Canadian national team. She has the Colorado Avalanche. She's already, what does she have, three points two already? Two. Two. So she's already got two points. Uh, she goes up against Elliott's Calgary Flames uh, at in-season cup. Uh, if you want to f- find out what we're talking about here, this is something we do on our podcast. Um, I mentioned the Ottawa Senators and the Buffalo Sabres a couple of seconds ago. I want to get your thoughts on the Sens as we conclude here. Um, 
Dan Dunleavy, our former colleague here at uh, at Rogers at Sportsnet. I mean, I still remember him and Tim Haffey on the Telemedia Sports Network in a million years yeah. ago. Uh, yeah. So he tweets out a picture this morning of Tim Stutzla and JJ Paterka, former you know teammates on the you know, on the on the German team, uh, having a conversation uh, by the bench. So looking forward to some uh, good German content tonight between Stutzla and JJ Paterka as the Ottawa Senators face off against the Buffalo Sabres. We've talked plenty. We did an entire podcast just based on the Ottawa Senators and talked to pretty much everybody except for Derek Broussard, who at that point was still on a PTO. What do you look for here? Like, what do you expect out of Ottawa tonight? Well, first of all, I I think it's, I think it's, it's probably the same thing I expect about out of Buffalo. Like these are two teams that have a lot of hope all of a sudden, right? Yeah. There've been dark days and, and now, you know, the Sabres fans are excited and the Senators fans are excited. So you know, one one team's fan base is going to be ruined on the first night. That's all. <laughs> I know you love that. As somebody who loves failure, you should be like just thrilled about this. But uh, you know, like so, I think you want to see both these teams come out hard. Um, you know, the, the the thing that about both of these teams that you you question that you wonder about is a can they defend? Yep. Like we all know, there's a lot of talent here. Can these two teams defend? Yep. And B, can they get the saves? You know. Uh, you know, in Buffalo, they got Anderson who's older and, and Comrie who's been giving, uh, given a huge opportunity. Can they handle it? You know, uh, Ottawa was Forsberg Talbot, obviously Talbot's hurt right now. So yep. it's Forsberg Helberg and can they handle it? And, and, uh, like I'm, I'm excited to watch it too. Um, because I think what you want to see is a sign that these two teams have the staying power over 82 games because neither one of them with their groups has done it yet, mm-hmm. and it's hard to do. By the way, Magnus Hellberg, uh, with the great move of all time, pads. all of it's out yeah. of necessity, wearing the uh, the Kraken gear, the gloves, and the pads at uh, at Ottawa Senators Skate. I always love those moments. Yeah, the goaltender. I think it's good. But the goaltender still has the old gear. All right, um, back to scooping out what you were scooping uh, a couple of seconds ago, whatever that story may be. I'll uh, I'll All talk right. to you later on. Another uh, another podcast taping tonight for release tomorrow. So we'll talk to you in a few hours. All right, Mayor. Speak to you soon. Bye. There he is, Elliot Friedman from Thirty Two Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada kicks off every program here.